Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorization number TP slash 01005. 10.30am for a limited time only. The Trade Feed for Host Plus, an industry super fund for all Australians. And Toyota, Toyota certified, pre-owned in a class of its own. Good morning, you're listening to Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Trade up to Continental Tyres this trade period. Sarah Ollie and Josh Skablich here with you for the next hour on The Trade Feed. Josh, good morning. A fair bit happening already this morning. Plenty going on, Sarah, and plenty going on with you because when you walked out of the studio yesterday, you went straight to the airport. I was slightly concerned that you wouldn't make it back in time, but you hosted the Bob Skilton medal last night. I did, I did. How was it? Take us inside the room. Well, it was probably a little bit more buoyant than you may have expected given the grand final defeat just on Saturday, but Andrew Pridham, the chairman, he got up there pretty early and he said, I declare, just like in England, the morning period over and... Look, we're going to look at and recap the best and fairest from last night. But if you looked around, there was just, they're so young, the Swans. And I think you can take solace in that. And a big theme actually was was looking at Geelong and looking at the fact that they lost a grand final recently. And last year got pumped in a, in a prelim mm. and those failures were part of their success. And that's kind of the narrative that was being plugged last night, that in order to succeed, you do have to fail. So... Not as not as um, morose as you may have thought, but um, great to be part of the count. And Callum Mills, a very worthy winner. And just ahead of Chad Warner, who finished second. And the one that surprised me was James Robottom yeah. in third spot. Obviously, Joey Kennedy comes out of the side yes. this year. And James Robottom finishes on the podium. Well, Horse gave the speech for third, second and first and... After he spoke, I was not surprised that James Rowbottom was on the podium because he is clearly a favourite of the coaches, the number one pressure player for the Swans this year, and it was a game plan built on pressure. And he came home like an absolute steam train and a pretty young podium when you think Callum Mills is 25, Chad Warner 21, and James Rowbottom 22. So I think the average age there is about 23 or so. So plenty of upside for the Swans just before we continue this conversation, our special guest later this hour is going to be Heath Shaw. And the topic of the day that I just want to flesh out a little bit, and you can start texting through now on 0419187323, the trades that benefited both clubs. And are we putting a statute of limitations on this, Josh? Yes, we are. Let's let's look at from 2000 onwards. So the win-win trades. What are the best win-win trades of this century? Because... The reason we've got Heath Shaw on, he's part of one of these win-win trades. When you think he moved from Collingwood to GWS in the 2013 in exchange for Taylor Adams. We don't see too many player-for-player swaps anymore. They've become a lot more complex than that. But we look forward to having him on and really dissecting what it was like going through that trade period, 
what he's been up to because he's been up to some interesting stuff. He has indeed. So just to repeat, 0419-187-323 to texting the trades that benefited both clubs or give us a call, 1-300-23-55-48. Now, the Swans best and fairest last night, Josh, and we have mentioned the names on the podium. Luke Parker coming in fourth, Isaac Heaney fifth, Tom McCartan sixth, Errol Goulden seventh, Jake Lloyd eighth, Dane Rampey ninth, and Oliver Florence. 10th. And I just think, you know, there are some usual suspects there, Luke Parker for one and Mm -hmm. Dane Rampey, but it's a really young top 10, really young. Very, very young. Nobody Franklin in the top 10, despite kicking 52 goals. It's an interesting lineup. I love seeing Errol Gordon in there. That's, that's pretty impressive to come seventh in a team that finished in the grand final. Jake Lloyd, we're still waiting to get an answer. I think we might find out potentially as soon as today about his, his contracts. Cal Toomey and Riley Beveridge have been reporting about him in the last month or so. It looks like he's edging towards a three-year deal. He's been a tremendous player, of course, at the Sydney Swans. Played his 200th game yes. in the grand final. Yes. It was a bit of a shame for him because he's been so good. He's won two Bob Skiltons before, so it wasn't the 200th to remember, but a lot of milestone games don't end up with a victory. No, and he was awarded last night a milestone plate for his 200th match. And he did speak glowingly about this year, not just because of the success on the field, but he also became a father. So a really big Mm. year for Jake Lloyd. And just in terms of life membership, Isaac Heaney and Lance Franklin both inducted in that respect. And Isaac Heaney becoming the first Academy product to life membership. So a big tick there for the Swans. But it wasn't just about the Swans last night. The Cats, Josh, also having their best and fairest. And it was a tie for first place, Jeremy Cameron and Cameron Guthrie, 113 votes apiece. Only the second time in Geelong's history really? that they've had two players tie. We go back yeah. to 2019, 2009, sorry, when Gary Ablett Jr. and Corey Enright both tied in that premiership season. So a bit of symmetry last night. Great to see Jeremy Cameron win a second best and fairest. He won his first back in 2013, the Kevin Sheedy medal. But there's a bit more prestige when you win a best and fairest in a premiership year. It's pretty special. And Cam Guthrie, I mean, he's cementing himself as a as a great almost inside that football club, which feels a bit uncomfortable to say when you talk about some of the players that played in that premiership side. But he's now a two-time best and fairest winner. And the last time he won one was in a grand final year. I mean, they're two outstanding seasons. He's an All-Australian as well. Mark Blitzarv's finished... Well, Geelong are calling it runner-up. I mean, if you've got a, a joint winner, it doesn't feel like it's a runner-up, but they've got four <laughs> players on the podium. Tom Hawkins in third position. The one that we love is, is Tyson Stengel in fourth. I mean, what we've year. spoken about him at length. To come out of the sand for, to kick 53 goals, All-Australian, Premiership player, four goals in that grand final, polled the third most votes in the Norm Smith, Smith medal last Saturday. Sensational year. That was just franked again. And Tom Atkins... We love looking at the at the top 10 of the best and fairest, and to see him come in at fifth position tells you exactly how Chris Scott and the match committee at Kininia Park really rate Tom Atkins. So many wonderful stories for the Cats this year, and Tom Atkins, certainly one of them. I remember he did a post-match interview. It was probably halfway through the season when he was really starting to get noticed because especially in the final terms, he was the player making the difference for Geelong in the midfield, and he was so self-effacing, so modest, saying, I have to keep playing my best every week because I don't feel like I'm comfortably mm. into this side. And I think that speaks a lot to the mentality, not just of the player, but of the team. Because as we know, there were some pretty stiff players not to be up on the premiership dais. One of my favourite 
post that was done after the grand final win. And Geelong have used it a couple of times before, but obviously Tom Atkins was in the VFL program for a number of years yes. before he got an opportunity. And right when he's on the cusp of finally getting a chance in the AFL program, they said no. They said go back one more year. And they've got the text message exchange with Simon Lloyd. <laughs> and they reposted it after the grand final because he was sensational in the grand final, like he's been across 2022. But it is a great reminder of the perseverance of Tom Atkins. And I was told yesterday, we spoke about the Mad Monday outfits with mm. Isaac Smith. And we spoke about Jed Buse dressing up as the head of football, Simon Lloyd. <laughs> I was also told that Jed Buse was also wearing Simon Lloyd's aftershave. That's the level Ooh. that he went to with his Mad Monday outfit. So Simon Lloyd's wife provided all the, all the gear <laughs> for Jed Buse, including the aftershave. his aftershave. What, what do you reckon he'd wear? Oh, I don't know what Simon Lloyd would be. He's a pretty cool customer. He's, he's quite suave. Yeah, so maybe not your Giorgio Armani, not your stock standard, maybe something a little bit more niche. Maybe he's a Lalaba man like you and myself. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if he's a Santal or another 13, but... We'll get him on, yeah, I think, during the trade period. Call in. Yeah, I, I think the Geelong hierarchy are having a well-earned rest today because the it's been a massive week for that football club. And then to have the Kaji Greaves medal last night, I think they had a good celebration. So I don't think we'll hear from the Cats today, but hopefully next week. And just on Jeremy Cameron, who, of course, was the tie with Cam Guthrie for first last night at the Kaji, Kaji Greaves. He's also expecting a baby that was also announced this week. So it's been an absolutely huge week in the Cameron household. Now, over in Adelaide, they also had their best and fairest count last night. And Rory led, I should say, on 118 votes, just edging out Jordan Dawson in second place. It solidifies Rory led standing as a great of that club to win a third best and fairest. I mean, no, it wasn't a great season for the Adelaide Crows, but... It's been a phenomenal year from Rory Laird. And he now sits aside alongside Mark Rusciuto, Simon Goodwin, and Andrew McLeod as three-time club champions. I mean, that's that's rare company. He would feel silly being alongside those club greats, don't you think? It'd be very humbling. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think he's got a lot more in him. He could win four. He could win five. He's that good a player. I think we discounted how good a season he had because Adelaide... And not, we're never in finals contention. We never really spoke about Rory Laird as a potential All-Australian, but his numbers across the year were phenomenal. So it's, it's really good recognition for the contribution he's made to that club. And Ben Key's getting on the podium. I think that shows how valued he is at the club as well. And he's another great story, Josh. Well, when we were discussing delisted free agents the other day, Sarah, there were a lot of texts coming through about Ben Keyes. He's not technically a delisted free agent. He was taken via the rookie draft after being delisted by Brisbane. But he has been a remarkable story at the Brisbane Lions. They'd be absolutely over the moon with the return they've got from a rookie pick who was at the crossroads after four seasons at the Brisbane Lions. Didn't get a real look in there, didn't make his mark at the Brisbane Lions, but he's become a star at Westlakes. Now, more Bess and Ferris will be held tonight, including Collingwood's Copeland Trophy. Now, some people thought this might be where Jordan Degoe does the mic drop and announces that he'll be staying on, but that has already been confirmed this morning. You've covered Collingwood very closely this year. Who's going to be on the dice? Oh, I've got a feeling that Jack Crisp is going to go back to back. He okay. had a bit of a lull in the middle part of the season, but I don't think there's been like a remarkable standout. They didn't have an All-Australian player. They had three in the squad. Braden Maynard is a sniff. Imagine if Nick Dacos is, wins I was it. about to say, yes. is it possible that he could win it? Yes, yes. He's been. He's probably been the most consistent alongside a Scott Penelbury, who could win it as well. It's that even. I think there's a – you could throw a, a blanket over the top five. Josh Dacos is in that conversation as well. But if it's close 
late and it comes down the final series. Jack Crisp flies home in September. Jordan Ngoi as well, but he misses too much footy. So I think it's going to be a great Copeland trophy, but I think it's going to be all about Jordan Ngoi because Collingwood haven't confirmed the news that was reported first by Peter Ryan this morning. Cal Toomey provided some, some really concrete um, reporting around it as well. So take it to the bank. It's done. And I think Collingwood will confirm that tonight. Carlton's best and fairest and also Melbourne's best and fairest will be held tonight. Of course, our big topic for the day is trades that benefited both clubs. So if you've got an idea on a trade that benefited both clubs, give us a call on 1300 23 55 or 48 or text 0419187323. This is the trade feed thanks to Toyota. Toyota certified, pre-owned in a class of its own. The draft compensation is in from the first move of this year's trade period. We'll tell you all about that after the break. You're listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany. Proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Two juicy chicken patties with a fiery coating. The Double McSpicy is back at Macca's. Lucky there's creamy mayo or it'd be too McSpicy. Can you handle the heat? Available after 10.30am for a limited time only. Which oil keeps your business moving? Fleet managers with essential suppliers on a deadline? They know. Road crews who keep every motorist safe? They know. Mechanics who make sure you always get to where you're going? They know. And when you really think about it, you know. Valvoline. The original engine oil. Want to build a new home but need to move in now? Henley has fixed price, completed homes and townhomes ready to buy with premium inclusions in the best locations. Get the Henley Everyday Advantage. Buy a completed home and move in now. Henley.com.au Think outside with the award-winning Ego Power Plus mower. Its innovative 56-volt arc lithium battery delivers all the power of petrol without the noise, fuss or fumes. And if it doesn't cut it, you get your money back with our 30-day money-back guarantee. To claim, all you have to do is... Well, um, actually, we've no idea what you have to do. It's never come up. Search Ego Power Plus today. Ego. Power beyond belief. T's and C's apply. Footy finals is the most wonderful time of year for footy fans. Big moments on the journey to premiership glory. If you're planning a journey yourself, stop in at Tyre Power's footy finals sale on now. Having the experts at Tyre Power checking your tread can ensure you save money in the long run and enjoy peace of mind driving with safe tyres on holidays. Get this month's deal on Toyo Tyres. Buy three, get one free on Toyo Passenger and SUV Tyres. Footy final sale on now. Find your local at tyrepower.com.au. This trade... Terms visit mcdonalds.com.au. The Trade Feed for Host Plus. An industry super fund for all Australians. And... Toyota. Toyota certified. Pre-owned in a class of its own. A trade news update for Beaumont Tiles. Hey, Tylers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. 
Yes, this is the trade news update for Beaumont Tiles and kicking it off is some big news out of Collingwood. Jordan Degoe has knocked back free agency, signing a five-year deal with Collingwood. Brad Scott is set to speak for the first time as Essendon coach today. We'll bring you some audio of that a little bit later, hopefully. And Carl Amon to Hawthorne as an unrestricted free agent. Port Adelaide will receive a second-round draft selection as compensation after Amon's move to Hawthorne was confirmed. So... Josh, the free agency window, it opened this morning and already we're seeing some moves and I guess some confirmation out of the Collingwood camp that they're keeping one of their big stars. Well, let's start with Jordan Ngoi because just before the break, we said that looks like it'll be confirmed by the club today. It has been confirmed. It means the Copeland Trophy is going to be absolutely sensational tonight. You'd imagine, I know there's a bit of disappointment (laughs) still from that loss at the SCG a fortnight ago, but what a result because I think a lot of Collingwood supporters... It might get feral tonight, Josh. I think so because... (laughs) We had James Gallagher on this show yesterday afternoon and it became a pretty big talking point across the day. It felt like St Kilda were really in play and that was the feel across the industry. Essendon as well. Damien Barrett spoke at length about that later on Trade Radio yesterday, but Collingwood have got their man, Sarah. And Carl Amon, so he's getting to Hawthorne. We knew that would be the case, but a second round draft selection is compensation for Port Adelaide, do we think that's going to be, what, in the 20s or so? It looks like it's currently pick 27, but okay, that, that should move back a little bit. That's probably fair, no? I think so. I, I think so. He's 27. He, he's he's had a really good career. He fits a, he fits the need. He's got that four-year deal now to move across to Waverley Park. So it's it feels about right to me, Sarah. We were wondering which was going to be the first move of the free agency window. We might get a couple more today. One we won't get is Liam Jones. Just mm-hmm. we, haven't, we haven't really spoken too much about him because he obviously didn't play AFL footy this year. I think that'll get done on Monday. His manager, Shane Casley, is still overseas. So that'll get done on Monday and, and he'll move back to the Western Bulldogs, which is where his career started. So today we're asking you about the win-win trades, the trades that benefited both clubs. And John from Woodvale, he has been texting furiously through. John, hit us. Morning all. Good yeah, morning. spamming your text line. <laughs> but um, I, I thought I'd pick one close to my heart. It's probably the uh, Eagles trade 2000 with Fraser Garrett going to St Kilda for David Sierakowski in pick 18, which ends up being... Daniel Kerr, I think that was pretty win-win for both clubs at the time and the future. Yeah, I like it. I like it. We have made note of that. Both very good players, so you'd have to say a win-win. Do you have any others? Um, it was the – probably it was the Darren Jolly one with Sydney. So Colin would get Darren Jolly and Sydney received pick 14, which was Lewis Jetta, and then pick 46, which was on traders for Josh Kennedy – Love them. Love both of them, John. I think we'll see at least one of them on our on our list, on our list of five, but two really good nominations. And I can see a few more that you've texted through, but we won't reveal them just yet. <laughs> and if you want to get involved, call one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight, 2355 48 or text us 0419-187-323. All right, Josh, you are leading this topic today. The win-win trades, the trades that benefited both clubs, we just heard from John there with some great suggestions. I'm keen to know which ones have piqued your interest. Well, let's start with the most famous one of all time. And we've spoken about it already this week, but it's it's Chris Judd and Josh Kennedy back at the end of 2007. Let's just run through the deal. So Judd and pick 46 were taken in exchange for Kennedy two years after he was taken at pick four in the 2005 draft by Carlton. Pick three 
which was used on Chris Maston, and pick 20, which was used on Tony Knott. Now, Chris Judd went on and played 145 games in eight seasons for Carlton. He was captain straight away for five years, won a second Brownlow medal in 2010, four more All-Australian selections at Carlton, three John Nichols medals, a clear Hall of Famer. But West Coast, they got one of the great key forwards of this era. Back in return, it's quite remarkable when you think that Josh Kennedy kicked 712 goals for West Coast. He was still playing this year. Chris Judd's been retired for a little little bit of time, so you've got to factor that into the deal as well. Josh Kennedy won two Coleman's. He won All-Australian selection three times, and he led the Eagles to a premiership in 2018. And can't forget that the Eagles also landed Chris Masson, of course, with pick three. He featured in that grand final win in 2018 and played 215 games for the West Coast Eagles. So clearly a win-win trade. I'm going to play devil's advocate, mm-hmm. though. Do you think someone was a bigger winner? It's pretty hard to split the two because I think they're both modern greats. I mean, Chris Judd's resume across the duration of his career is, is phenomenal. Did obviously. Josh Kennedy do more for the Eagles than Chris Judd did for the Blues? It, they're difficult to find, key forwards, especially ones that kick 700-plus goals across <laughs> their, their career. So I think it is a legitimate win-win in terms of the deal, Sarah. But it's not the only time West Coast have been involved in one of these win-win mm. trades. Hey, and just on that deal between the Blues and the Eagles and Chris Judd and Josh Kennedy, Matt from Paran has also texted in. He is echoing your sentiment saying, surely the best ever win-win trade was Chris Judd and Josh Kennedy, both great for their new clubs and filled a need for the Blues and the Eagles. So, Josh, you're getting backed up on the text line there. Take us through another one. I like this one, Sarah, and I think <laughs> I think some real old school footy fans will like this one. I'm talking about the G train, Fraser Garrick. So St Kilda landed, landed Fraser Garrick in 2000 in exchange for pick 18, which was used on Daniel Kerr. They also got David Sirikowski, the Eagles. Now let's run through what Garrick did at the Saints because he kicked 159 goals across 115 games at West Coast and showed a little bit. He was an All-Australian at the Eagles, but we didn't see this coming. What we saw at St Kilda was quite phenomenal. He exploded in 2004. He kicked 103 goals that year to win the first of two consecutive Coleman medals, finished with 390 goals at the Saints across 145 games. Remarkably, he won the Coleman in 2005, but he didn't land a third All-Australian. doesn't happen too often, but he was a genuine gun. And then we've got to look at what Daniel Kerr achieved because when you think about Chris Jard and Ben Cousins and that famous era under John Worsfold, he's, his resume doesn't stack up as well, but his output was incredible during that period. Played 220 games across 13 seasons, premiership player, all Australian. But the Brownlow medal, it can be, it can make or break your resume in a way. And when you think that Daniel Kerr finished runner-up to Cousins in 2005, runner-up to Jimmy Bartell in 2007, and in between those two finished third, if he was a Brownlow medalist, mm. he would, his status in the game would be even greater than what it is. He was a superstar. It's crazy to think that that midfield with Dean Cox and the likes of Cousins, Kerr and Chud only won one flag. It's mm. crazy to think. That is a formidable midfield. And as you say, Daniel Kerr, perhaps not held in the same esteem as some of those other players, but boy, could he play. Yeah, his output was incredible. And as I said, if he had nabbed one of those Brownlow medals, it would have put him in the conversation with those greats. All right, what else do you like when it comes to the trades that benefited both clubs? Now, don't forget, this is just for this century. So from 2000 onwards, but if we go back to 2001, big bustling Barry Hall was involved in a big, (laughs) big trade. So Barry Hall plus pick 53 went to Sydney for pick 13 
which the Saints used on Nick Del Santo. Pick 17 was also included. That was on traded, so we can't factor it in, but James Kelly was pick 17. So we're talking about two 300-game players there and pick 45. Let's look at the Hall and Del Santo comparison because it's relevant here. Now, Barry was a superstar at Sydney. When you think about it, he kicked 467 goals across 162 games up there. Three of his four All-Australians came at the Swans, and he was a captain in a premiership Premiership team. captain, yeah. You, can't, you cannot forget that. Won a Skilton medal and was also the AFL Coaches Association Champion Player of the Year. Yeah, people forget that accolade yes. for Barry Hall. That's a big one. I think that's huge. I, I think that's huge because, I mean, I think in 2022, we think about the Coaches Award weekly. We talk about it at length. It probably didn't generate the same attention back then, but it's a great award. Now, let's talk about Nick Del Santo because he was taken at pick 13 in that super draft. Went on to play 322 games, 260 came at St Kilda, where he earned All-Australian selection three times. And again, a bit like Daniel Kerr, if things had gone a little bit different on Brownlow medal night, we would hold him in even higher esteem than we already do, because he's a great of the St Kilda Football Club. But Nick Del Sano twice finished runner-up in the Brownlow medal, 2005 and 2011. So even a little bit of a gap there as well, which shows his longevity at, at the absolute Highest peak, a very famous name at St Kilda and a clear star under both Grant Thomas and Ross Lyon. Nick Del Santo, unlucky on Brownlow night and also unlucky not to have a premiership as part of that star-studded side for St Kilda about a decade or so ago. I mean, if he has either of those next to his name, Josh, or indeed both, he is elevated to another level, isn't he? Seriously. I mean, that's, that's what happens in terms of your resume. Sliding doors moments. Who else have you got when it comes to the trades that benefited both clubs? And if you've got one that you'd like to tell us about, call 1300 23 55 48 or text us 0419 187 Well, let's pivot a little bit and look at some of the more recent trades in terms of the last 10 years. I mean, we've got Heshaw coming on. We'll, we'll talk about that trade shortly. But one that's more recent that it may be a little bit premature to call it a complete win-win. But I think right now... It's a win-win. And I'm talking about back in 2018, it was a bit of a bombshell trade. Stephen May, co-captain at the time of the Gold Coast Suns, requesting a trade to Melbourne. And he was packaged with Cade Collar-Jasney in exchange for pick six. And pick six was used on Ben King, Sarah. Mm. Ben King. the ben well, He King, could be anything, couldn't he? He could be. I mean, those sort of players don't grow on trees, but let's talk about what they've done so far. And we can't discount Cade Collar-Jasney. He was taken at pick five. He had a really good start to his career at the Gold Coast Suns, really consistent performer. And if it wasn't for the concussion issues, I think he would have been a premiership player last year. So it's a real shame what happened to Cade. But in terms of Stephen May, I think he's one of the best key defenders in the competition right now. I don't think you can dispute that given what he's done across the past two years. And when you factor in, Melbourne hadn't won a premiership for 57 years. It was a really inspired list management decision from that team. So... He's now become a two-time All-Australian again this year, earning a second blazer. Played 70 games for the Demons. He's 30 now, so he's got a couple more years right at the peak of his powers. I rate him alongside Tom Stewart as as two of the most influential key defenders in the comp, if you want to call Tom Stewart a key. I wouldn't mind having this same conversation in 10 years when we know exactly what Ben King has been able to achieve. Of course, we didn't see him out there this year. He's coming back from that ACL injury. Do you have... An update, actually, on how Ben King is looking? Well, he started running just before September and was, was cranking it up. He was actually, we go back to the Tour de France. He was doing this quite interesting challenge during the Tour de France. <laughs> they always come up with interesting stuff. Alex Ribby, the head of high performance at the Suns, is quite clever. He comes up with all these challenges for the boys in the long term. Even the guys doing their off-season programs, they do triathlons and all these different challenges through the bush. 
up in Queensland. But every day of the Tour de France, Ben King was doing a different kind of challenge. Whether if they were if they were doing a 227 kilometer uh, leg of the of the tour, Vomit. he would do 227 laps in the pool. Oh my god! <laughs> it was things like that. I mean, it wasn't all physical, but he's starting a track. I mean, we spoke to him just before the finals, and you can see it's really burned to miss out. And you think about last year in 2021, kicks 47 goals. He looks like becoming one of the next big things, and and I think you he, he'll get there. But it'll be interesting to see how he responds in 2023, coming off an ACL. It's really difficult to come back from a knee reconstruction straight away. Now, you did mention Heath Shaw before. He is going to be our special guest in the second half of this show, and he's involved in a win-win trade. Absolutely, he is. When you think that at the end of 2013, he was pretty much told to find a new home. He'd been a, a premiership player at Collingwood, been a star at Collingwood, very famous name, obviously, at Collingwood. But he was. we're going to ask him exactly the reasons behind that trade. He's spoken about it before, but I want to get a, a fresh date because it's nearly a, a decade on. But he headed north to Greater Western Sydney and he ended up becoming an even better player up there when you consider that he won a Kevin Sheedy medal. He won two best and fairest. He ended up playing more than 300 games in total. And even when he retired in 2020, he could have kept playing. Like his output that year was, was sensational. You get the sense that he could still be playing right now. But in return, they got Taylor Adams. And at the time, it didn't feel like a complete win-win. But if you look back now, Adams has played 150-plus games for Collingwood. He's an All-Australian Copeland Trophy winner. He's also finished runner-up in a best and fairest. And he could be the next captain of the Collingwood Football Club. That's another element to these sorts of trades when you've got to consider the leadership factor and the cultural fit. So I look forward to unpacking that a little bit further. But they're the five that I think in terms of between now and uh, this century – they are the real win win wins. Well, Lachlan and you are speaking the same language because he says on the text line, the most even trade ever, the 2013 trade period, direct swap Heath Shaw and Taylor Adams. Giants got much needed experience at 2015 best and fairest, two times all Australian, and the Pies got a solid rock in the middle and a potential future captain. So you two are certainly on par there. This is the trade feed for Ream, built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install the Ream. You're listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Play the Monopoly game at Macca's for a one in four chance to bring home a win. Prizes like a Barbecue Galore premium barbecue pack, an ultimate barcode gardening kit, a Cliff Cinema soundbar and more. Download the My Macca's app and play today. End 18th of October. For full terms, visit mcdonalds.com.au. Full terms, visit mcdonalds.com.au. The Trade Feed for Host Plus, an industry super fund for all Australians. And Toyota, Toyota certified, pre-owned in a class of its own. Welcome back to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Trade up to Continental Tyres in this trade period. Sarah Ollie and Josh Gablich here with you on the Trade Feed for the next 20 or so minutes. And Josh and I are just looking at live shots at the moment of Brad Scott for the first time. In an Essendon polo. It looks weird, Josh. It looks weird. It doesn't fit <laughs> the red and black, but... Not yet, but we'll, it'll grow on us, won't it? It's like the trade period. It takes time to look at a player and go, 
You don't look right in those colours. <laughs> now, we have been talking about win-win trades and Heath Shaw was a player we were speaking about in the previous segment. He joins us on the line now, the former Magpie and Giant, two times All-Australian and best and fairest winner. Heath, thank you so much for joining us on the trade feed. Just talk to us about life after footy. How's it looking for you? I know that you do your show with with Daisy and you guys have a really good time, but what else are you getting up to now that the footy career is over? Thanks for having me on. Um, you said win-win trade. I thought I was very heavily weighted towards <laughs> the Giants um, in that trade period, definitely. Um, well, hang on. I, I, we need the clarification from you. <laughs> was it a win-win trade? How do you reflect on it, please? Oh, well, I'm just saying, I think that the Giants did very, very well to get um, an experienced back pocket who <laughs> ended up being a, a two-time All-Australian. But no, I think, to be honest, the deal that was sort of um, put on the table day one of that trade period, um, Giants and Collingwood, was, was the deal that got done after two and a half weeks. So um, there's a bit of fluffing around from, from both sides, but we, we got the deal done and I think it was a, a win-win situation for both clubs there. Now, it's been almost a decade, Shory, but take us inside the trade a little bit more because what's it like being a player, especially you're a star at Collingwood. You've got a very famous Collingwood surname, a premiership player. What was it like going through that period? Because it wasn't just the Giants that were interested in you. Geelong was interested in you, North Melbourne. You made the decision to leave Victoria. What was it like as a player? Because a lot of players are about to be on the move and we don't know what it's like to be in their shoes. Yeah, well, it's a lot easier for the people who actually want to leave. Mm. Um, <laughs> it's a little bit harder when you don't want to leave. And, and that was the situation I yeah. found myself in. Um, I, I wanted to start Collingwood. I still had two years left on my, my contract, but um, the powers to be um, wanted to go in a different direction. So I sort of had to suck it up, um, deal with that initially, and then figure out the next step, which was where I want to continue my football and where, would that, where was that going to be? And... Um, it came down to Geelong and um, obviously the Giants, and it was an experienced team um, who obviously playing finals a lot and very successful. Who the age bracket was was pretty high, which it's been for the last ten years. Um, hasn't changed much there, and they still had the success. Um, and then it was the Giants, which is a brand new club um, with sort of a bit more of a, a future thought um, to the success there. So. It was an interesting um, couple of weeks. It was an interesting sort of scenario I found myself in because I had the choice of like a try and win a premiership next year or potentially try and win a premiership in a few years' time. Um, and yeah, the, obviously the deal that I got with the Giants was um, was better than the, the Geelong one. But you sort of it was either success or well future success, and um, I chose the Giants. Part of the reason was um, obviously my brother lived in Sydney as well, so that that helped that decision. And it was a fresh start. It was a state that isn't really um, known for its AFL as much. It's more NRL and um, brand new beginnings, and it was probably the best decision I made. Well, that's the next question I wanted to ask you because a lot of players uh, they get to the middle stage of their career and they've been at a club for seven, eight, nine years, like yourself. And it's probably in their best interest to go and have a fresh start and, and kickstart the second half of their career. Do you look back and go, geez, I'm glad that that happened? Because look at the second half of your career. I think most people think that although you won the premiership at Collingwood, you, you, your time at the Giants was your best footy. Yeah, it was It was an interesting. I was 28. 
uh, 27, 28. So I'd done the nightclubs in Melbourne. Um, <laughs> I could put that put that to the side. Done them well, um, I, I think. Need to yeah, I don't need to settle down and, um, a little bit. And um, to be honest, it was like there was at times in my first first year, I was like, what have I done here? Because um, I definitely had to lower my expectations to, to what I had at Collingwood. It wasn't like we were going to come in and we were going to be playing finals in my first year or second year. Um, so I sort of had to lower the expectations there. But um, it sort of helped me being thrust into sort of a leadership position as well and, and trying to help these these younger kids learn the AFL ropes and what it takes to be an AFL player and what it takes to be a successful one um, playing in a premiership uh, before that. And I think it helped my football. Um, I played. I think I did play my best football um, at the Giants and I needed to be a leader as well. So that, that helped me grow as a person and um, playing over 150 games at both clubs is, is pretty unique. Um, and so I've still got great ties with both clubs. Do you think that is a draw card for the Giants? You mentioned, you know, playing for Collingwood. It's the biggest team in the land. But if you go to a team like GWS, you can have that anonymity and a bit more freedom to move about your normal life. Oh, definitely. Um, I think, to be honest, if, I, if if you nearly if you're getting drafted these days, because there's so much pressure on footballers and there's so much media around um, AFL players and what they're doing in every moment of their life, um, to go to a place like Sydney or, or even Brisbane or up on the Gold Coast, um, you don't have that as much. And it's, it is good to sort of live a reasonably normal life. Um, and I, I really enjoyed that being a 28-year-old who had who'd been in the limelight in the biggest club in the land, um, going up to, to Sydney and, and being a definite nobody, um, no no um, skipping lines at nightclubs in Sydney. It was, it was sort of lining up like everyone else, but it was it was good and I think it helped me just sort of grow and develop and, and concentrate a lot on my football and not anything outside of that. I love how the nightclub line is your barometer. We've got a question <laughs> here from Lachlan. He's a big Giants man. He says, I know you're good mates with Steve Canelio. What does he attribute Cog's return to form to? Can he step up even further next year? That's a question from Lachlan. Um, yeah, I think obviously he was... A couple of years ago, he was down on confidence. And when you don't have the confidence and the backing of, of, of sort of coaches and, and people around you, then it makes it hard to perform at your best. A um, little bit of positional change as well. He, he obviously played a lot in the uh, midfield the second half of the year, and, and that's where he was drafted. That's where he's played his best football. So um, Cogs this year was, was sort of step one. Step two is next year, and, and doing that again, being more consistent and, and dragging a few guys along with him. And... There's no doubt he, he loves the fact that he's the captain. He thrives in that environment. Um, he struggled with that a little bit early on, but um, I can see him going to bigger and better things in years to come. And, and like I said, dragging a few guys along with him because he is the ultimate professional. And he, as much as he wants to get the best out of himself, he wants to help people along with the journey. Now, sure, you weren't the, weren't the only big name to move clubs and head up to Sydney at the end of 2013. Everyone thought that Lance Franklin was heading to Greater <laughs> Western Sydney. Now, I understand that when you cross paths with him in Sydney, that he sort of said, I probably owe you a beer. Can you take us inside that element? Because <laughs> two big names headed north that period. Well, one big name, um, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, and it wasn't mine. Um, it was funny because I met with the Giants on the day that it was announced um, and I met with the Giants and they said, 
but he's coming to the Giants. He's going to live in Sydney. He's going to live in Bondi. You know, he's going to drive out to Western Sydney and all of the above. This is this is our plan and all of that. And um, I walked out of that meeting. I was pretty happy with the the meeting and and everything that they'd said. And a message from a mate said, um, Buddy Franklin signs a nine-year deal at Sydney. Um, and I was like, Are these guys just been lying to me for the last hour, or um, did something just go down that they didn't know about? And um, Apparently, it was the best best kept secret going around. He kept on saying he was going to Sydney. He didn't say which club. So um, he ended up at the Swans. Um, I ended up at the Giants. Um, obviously, the Giants came back with a little bit of a better deal because they wanted to get someone over the line. So um, I said, to, uh, I, I think it was the first game of, of the next year we played the Swans in round one. And Buddy said to me, he mentioned on passing that I owed him a few beers um, for the deal that I got. And I said, no, I definitely owe you a few few more than a couple of beers, that's for sure. <laughs> so um, it was, yeah, it was an interesting time. Um, and that, and like you said, he was one of the biggest names in the AFL, and still is. Um, and for him to move to another club, let alone everyone thought he was going to the Giants and then go to Sydney, was was pretty was pretty big talking point. We're speaking to Heath Shaw, and for Beaumont Tiles, Sydney has just confirmed Tom Papley has re-signed for a further five seasons. He will remain a swan for life. Heath, I feel like Tom Papley is your kind of player, the kind that you'd like to play alongside. Yeah, definitely. Hate playing against him. Um, <laughs> we've had some we've had some cracker battles, me and Paps, like I have with many of the small forwards over of a sixteen year career. Um, always get the most dangerous ones. Um, and yeah, it, he he was one of those ones. And um, like you said, he's the player that like opposition teams would love to have on their team, but they hate watching him when they're playing against him. So um, that's that's a sort of a good trait to have. He's very similar to, to Toby Green. And um, I'm actually pretty good mates with, with Pap's life after football was um, when I stopped playing on him. Um, we bumped into each other at a few race days. So um, he, he's, he's a good he's a good mate. He's a great player. And um, it's great that he's, he signed um, the Swans for five years. That's pretty handy. And um, no doubt I'll see him over the spring carnival. No doubt you will. Now, Shuri, Tim Taranto and Jacob Hopper are the latest in a long list of young stars who want out of the Giants. Now, I feel it's more indicative of the list concessions that have been given to this club since its inception rather than the culture. Is that is that a fair comment? Yeah, I think so. Um, and to be honest, um, they've got more midfielders that you can poke a stick at, mm. to be honest. And so it's it's... It's been a sort of a trend over the last few years or probably the last four years that um, they've taken sort of the best player, which most of the time is a midfielder rather than, than what they've actually sort of needed. Um, the ruck situation is still there. Um, it is, it's, it's hard because you want to, you want to, um, it's hard to draft a ruck and then it's hard to find a, a good ruck on these days, but um, they've never really gone into the draft and, and found themselves a, a nice, young up-and-coming ruckman um, which I think would be the plan this year and um, after losing Jeremy Cameron thought they could sort of fill those holes um, with a couple of um, sort of recycled forwards or sort of medium soft forwards which I don't think it's it's worked that well so I think um, this year you see a bit different that I don't think they'll be drafting too many midfielders I think it'll it'll be some keys um, for them to, to build the future around and and Hopper and Taranto are great clubmen, and no doubt they would have loved to have stayed. But um, 
truth be known, there's a thing called a salary cap and, and you mm. can't fit everyone in and, and not everyone can get a pay rise every year. So um, for both of them to go to one club is a bit weird, but um, for two good players like that to go is is no big surprise. Now, Shory, player managers play a big role during the trade period. You've done your accreditation. In a future trade period, do you see yourself being involved? Is that part of the plan for Heath Shaw in the coming years? Oh, it's, it's definitely an option. Um, I did the yeah, I did the player management course while I was still playing, so I couldn't actually be a manager. I just I just thought I'd, I'd, I'm interested in it, and, I, and I, I looked at it and I said, yeah, I might as well do it while while I can. Um, it's something that is definitely something that I, I might I may pursue in the future. Um, I think I might have been watching Jerry Maguire when I thought of this idea and just thought it looks pretty cool. <laughs> um, and and obviously the trade period and I love my um, love my soccer. So the transfer period mm. is is huge um, in the Premier League and and all over Europe. And it's um, yeah, it's it's a unique situation. But and obviously going through it, you, you need you do need the right advice and you do need the right people in your corner doing what's best for you, not necessarily um, the best the best deal or the, or the biggest deal. So um, managers play a huge part in that. And, and majority of the time, they've got your um, best interest at heart, but sometimes it can slip through the cracks. Well, Heath, thank you for joining us on the trade feed. Go and find Buddy and give him some of those beers that you own. I definitely will. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Heath Shaw there, joining Josh and I on the Trade Feed. We'll be back to wrap up after this. This is the Trade Feed. Thanks to Toyota. Toyota certified, pre-owned in a class of its own. You're listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany. Proven in Australia. of October. For full terms, visit mcdonalds.com.au. The Trade Feed for Host Plus. An industry super fund for all Australians. And Toyota, Toyota certified, pre-owned in a class of its own. You're listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Trade up to Continental Tyres this trade period. Josh, it has been a busy day already and a busy week. Yes, Friday has delivered, Sarah. Carl Amon is now a Hawthorne player. Jordan Ngoi is remaining in the black and white for five more years. And Papley. Five more years Yoo-hoo! in the Harbour City. And it's going to be a big next hour coming up with Cal Toomey and Riley Beveridges. Some big guests, Justin Reed, Nick Geeshan, Harry Sheasel, and Ryan Vague, who That's of course big. is Jordan Dugowie's manager. Riley and Cal have managed to get him on for their show. So don't go anywhere. A really big hour coming up. Josh? I'll see you back next week. I'll see you on Monday. This is a trade feed for Ream, built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a Ream. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.